The Awaken Project, Chapter 3, The Battle of Memories and Dreams. While not the main reason, what came to be known as the global war began over resources. In the beginning, it was energy. In time, even food became scarce. The Eastern Union was formed because the larger countries stopped sending aid to the smaller ones. It was like being part of a big family versus being alone. These smaller countries had many differences, but when you cannot feed your people, you become much more willing to make concessions. Once the Eastern Union was formed, many other smaller countries around the planet banded together for survival. At first, the larger nations paid them little mind. However, a thousand small cuts can kill, and that is what the larger nations feared. They did not care that these small countries just wanted to survive. Their concern was their combined military strength and strategic importance. In the end, the two largest nations absorbed the smaller unions fighting amongst each other over control. I came from one of those smaller nations. The parent nation, as it became known, was not always kind when taking over acquired territory. My nation did not want to be part of a union or a parent nation. We had been self-sufficient for centuries. We had no need for outside aid and had more than enough energy and natural resources for our people. When the alliance was formed, my nation was part of their claimed Western territory. They sent soldiers to our capital to force our government to join. When the government refused, the Alliance troops invaded and took over. We, and when I say we, I mean my great-grandparents, fought against the troops. And though they prolonged the takeover, it was only a matter of time. As more and more citizens were slaughtered, the people decided fighting against the future was no longer worth it. My grandparents never had the chance to learn that lesson. By the time my parents had me, the Alliance government had forced all of its citizens to enlist to fight against the Federation. Refusing to fight for the side that killed their parents, they fled. But they did not take me with them. I grew up as an orphan and was ostracized as a child because of my parents' desertion. Many accused them of joining the Federation, calling them traitors. Though I learned the truth of their past, I could not forgive them for what they did. Perhaps that is why I had no issue in joining the military. I always needed a reason for what I did, and I always found one. I stretched my hands out desperately trying to reach Clara. Though I could still not make out her face, I could feel it was her. It was just as bright as the light surrounding me, but it was also soft and comforting. Just as my fingertips reached hers, she turned and walked away, disappearing into the light. I ran forward, desperate to follow her. A fear came over me as I believed my only chance to be with her was slipping away. Like a lost child, I had to find her and threw myself into the light. Again, there was a sensation that ran through me. This one was different. While I had accepted that I had died, what I had not considered was what the afterlife would entail. I had never been a dreamer. Even my thoughts of Clara after her death were grounded in reality. 
I may have wished to see her again, but I never truly expected it. It was the same with death. I knew it would come, and there would be something next, but what that next would be was never defined within my mind. I felt as if my forward progress had come to a stop. The blinding white light surrounding me intensified. When I watched Clara in the restaurant, it felt as if I still had a physical body. It was not until my younger self passed through me that I realized I was nothing more than a spirit. However, the light that coursed through me felt warm, as if I had skin, and vibrated through me, as if energizing me with its power. It felt as if I was hanging in space being scanned before being allowed entry. The ground beneath me was gone, and I could do nothing but wait. It felt like an eternity. Though I had no concept at the time, I knew it could not have been more than a few seconds. To me, being so close to the only woman I ever loved, and to have her turn away at the last moment, was torture. I was frustrated by whatever was happening to me, and I wanted it to end so I could find her. Slowly, the vibrating came to a stop and I abruptly fell to the ground. It was then that it all came back to me. I could feel the warmth of the sun on my back and grass beneath me. What I did not realize was that I had closed my eyes. I opened them to see the tall blades of grass and the earth beneath them. The smell was wonderful. A surge of energy coursed through my body. I felt as if I was reborn to the prime of my life. I stood on one knee and was taken aback by the sight before me. A lush green landscape stretched out in all directions as far as I could see. The lands dipped into deep green valleys and rose up into dandelion-covered hills. Behind me was a large river that went on forever, disappearing into the far distance. Its color was a clear ocean blue I had only seen in an artist's rendition. The sky above was filled with slowly moving clouds, bright and as fluffy as cotton. The sun shined down, providing a soft but brilliant light that was comforting, not too hot nor cold. What I stood in, to me, was a child's version of a perfect spring day. While I was in awe of what I was seeing, what quickly jumped into my mind was what I could not see. Something caught my attention, forcing me to turn around. In the distance was a sight directly from my dreams. Nestled between a dense forest and the crystal blue river was a small cherry oak cabin. The night I proposed to Clara, after we returned home, we made love. I had not felt as happy as I did that night ever before. Laying naked in each other's arms, the light from the moon shined down upon Clara's face. She was smiling, her eyes staring up at the ceiling, but she was not looking at anything in our reality. I knew that look well. She was daydreaming. I just watched her, listened to her breathing, and thanking every god I could think of for letting me find her. I did not want to disturb her. She was in her own private heaven, as I was in mine. Her eyes began blinking rapidly, then focused on me. Her smile widened as she pressed her lips to mine. I ran the back of my hand down the side of her face. It was smooth and still slightly damp from perspiration. She took my hand and held it in between hers and stared into my eyes. She wanted my complete attention, and she had it. I'm finished, she said, exhaling in relief. Finished? I questioned. Finished what? 
where were you? Clara was the dreamer. She dreamed enough for both of us. It was not a dream to escape reality, but one to plan for the future. She had goals and nothing nor no one would ever step in her way to keep her from achieving them. I was lucky enough to be included in those dreams. When Clara finished the dream, it became a goal and soon her goal would be achieved. <laughs> Our home, Clara answered. Don't get me wrong, I love New Chicago, but wouldn't you want to live somewhere that still had grass in a place where you'd want to raise children? Children? I said nervously. At the time, Clara and I never discussed children. The government practically forced younger couples to have them, but after seeing the effects of the war firsthand, I was not prepared to bring one into that world. On the other hand, never knowing my parents and the shame of growing up alone made me want to bring as much happiness as possible to my future child. Don't worry, I'm not thinking of having kids now, Clara said with a smirk, noticing the concerned look on my face. You know I plan for the future, and I just wanted to plan where we would live, a place that didn't need reconstruction. My dream is a place war didn't touch. <laughs> is there even such a place? I asked her. I did not believe that there was. The global war was truly fought on a global scale. The Federation was not just looking to destroy the Alliance, they were also searching for resources. Many places that had no strategic value would often be attacked for the smallest of resources, from water to basic food goods. In the absence of stability, Many would-be dictators arose and were bent on carving their name in history. Often their mark was made with the blood of innocence, leaving very few areas untouched. There is a town not far from where I grew up, Clara said to me. Since its land was always part of the parent nation, it was never attacked. At one time, further up the river, it was dammed, but that was over 10 years ago. It's perfect, David. We can build a house right next to the river. We can escape the city and be free. I wanted to give her everything. When we first met, she told me she worked for the Global Incoming Administration because she wanted to ensure a lasting peace. But she knew as well as I that bringing the world together under one government would be a daunting task. I still cared about my service to the military, but I knew that I would be able to serve and still make Clara happy. I had spent my whole life thinking only about myself, and I was more than happy to be concerned with someone else's happiness. Look, wherever we go, as long as I'm with you, I will be happy, I told Clara. It will be wonderful, David, Clara said with elation. I've seen everything, down to the last detail. Standing there amongst the green grass, feeling a spring breeze blow across my face, I stared upon the dream home Clara detailed to me that night. The cabin looked to be built by hand, using a mixture between old world's craftsmanship and modern accents. Clara had described a mixing between a cabin-like interior with a ranch house-styled exterior in her dreams. A small waist-high picket fence surrounded the cabin. To the side of the front door was a small wooden patio with a swing chair and a canopy above it. As I walked towards the home, I thought back on how her eyes grew wider as she explained in painstaking detail everything she had envisioned. Seeing Clara's dream house made me even more excited to find her. 
I rushed towards the front door. A noise behind the house caught my attention. I made my way around to the back of the house and found Clara's passion. A large section of the backyard was made into a garden. It was split down the middle with an array of fruits and vegetables on one side and carefully tendered flower garden on the other. It was one of the reasons she wanted to move from the city. Growing up in the country, Clara's family owned a farm. As well as cattle and chickens, her family also grew their own fruits and vegetables. Clara's passion, growing up, was working on her flower garden. White roses were her favorite, but she would grow whatever she could. Everything Clara wanted was there, and all I wanted was her. While there was a piece that surrounded me, it was incomplete. I made my way to the rear entrance and walked inside. The doorway led into a large kitchen, open style, just the way she described it. The home was immaculate, almost as if it was just constructed and presented, waiting for my arrival. Just walking in there felt like home, like I had lived there all my life. I could not hold back my emotions any longer. I screamed out her name as I began to search the house but could not find her. The peace that was wrapped around me like a blanket had fallen away, leaving me cold and alone. I knew I had seen her, and the house I stood in was from her dreams, but I could not find the dreamer. The house was small enough that it only took a minute to search, but I searched it again and again, and still found nothing. I was determined to find her, and if I had to search all of the afterlife to do so, I was prepared to do that. I stormed to the front door, ready to begin my search again. I swung the door open and was stopped in my tracks. Clara stood just outside the door, smiling at me, wearing the dress she wore on the night I proposed to her. I did not say a word. I stepped outside and wrapped my arms around her, pulling her in tightly. I knew immediately it was her. Her skin was as soft and as warm as I remembered, and smelled like fresh strawberries. I've waited for this day, I whispered in her ear. I didn't know if I'd be able to hold you again, to tell you. I'm sorry. No, David, Clara answered, lifting her hand and placing two fingers on my lips. You have nothing to be sorry about. I was holding the only woman I ever loved in my arms, surrounded by paradise, but what came over me was a gloom that I had not felt since the day the meteor fell. My thoughts turned to the fact that I was never able to give her the home of her dreams. Our home outside the Naxon Research Facility was the closest we ever got, but it was far from what I wanted from her. Her warmth slowly began to fade from me. I saw it in her eyes. She could see the pain and the thoughts of losing her crept into my mind. As much as I tried to push them away, I kept seeing the vision of Clara alone as the meteor fell. David, Clara said with a panic in her voice. It's okay, I'm with you. Something was happening to me from the inside out. I still held Clara in my arms, but it felt as if she was drifting away. My mind was screaming at me, telling me what I was doing was wrong, but I could not help myself. It was not just the warmth from Clara's body that was leaving me. The heat from the sun was also fading. I also could no longer smell the fresh grass. The skies began to darken as reality itself began to fade. Don't leave me, David! Clara screamed out. Though she was only inches from me, her scream sounded distant, as if a chasm was between us. I tried to pull her closer to me, but the strength from my body was gone. I fell to my knees. 
Clara knelt down next to me trying to hold me up, but I could not feel her touch. I could not speak. I wanted to scream, but nothing would come out. My eyes dimmed, or perhaps it was the world around me that was fading away. Either way, I was slipping back into the darkness. All feeling was gone, drained from me. Again, it felt as if I was floating. My mind went silent as all thoughts faded from my mind. The reality around me began to brighten. I could see a room come into view. There was a bed below me, and someone was lying in it. It was then I realized that I was hovering above the room, not in my body, but as a ghost or a spirit. It was just like before in the restaurant. As my thoughts came back into focus, I realized where I was. Claire was sleeping in our home near the Naxum Research Facility. She rolled over onto her back, yawned, and stretched her arm out to my side of the bed. I was not there. My mind was flooded with thoughts. I did not understand what had happened. How could I have found Clara, only to lose her again? I wanted nothing more than to go back, but I could do nothing but watch. Clara's hand brushed up and down my side of the bed. She was trying to find me in her sleep. She turned over, opened her eyes, and stared at my pillow. I watched her look towards the bathroom. Then her mouth moved, but I could not make out the words. A worried look came across her face, then quickly faded and was replaced with one of sadness. As I watched myself enter the room holding the tray with her favorite breakfast, I remembered exactly what that day was. <sighs> they called you in again, didn't they? Clara said depressingly. It was the day the meteor hit the earth. Until that day, the scientists had no cause for concern, as it was not on course for Earth. Having them summon me to the facility was not a cause for concern, as I was frequently called into work, far too frequent for Clara's liking. I thought you said you had the day off, Clara said. I thought we could have the day together. I remember what I was thinking as I laid the tray on her lap. My love for Clara was as strong as ever, and yet I found myself spending more and more time away from her. I had already postponed our move and settled for a small home only a few miles from the facility. We were together and Clara was happy, but I knew I could do more. At first she tried creating her dream garden in the backyard of the house, but the soil was poor. After a few months, she took a teaching job in a nearby town. Honestly, I think she did it just because I was not around very much. I know, honey, and I'm sorry, I said. Remember the meteor I told you about? They have some new data, and we'll be presenting it to the research team from New Chicago. I have to be there to oversee the security protocols. I promise this won't take long. These guys like to get in and out, and after that, I'm out of here. I'll be back by lunch, I promise. Clara smiled, assuring me that everything was okay. Claire was always accommodating and never let me know that my extended time away was hurting her, but I could see that it was. We had been engaged longer than either of us expected. I wanted to marry her, but not when I knew that I could give her what she really wanted. I was stupid. What she really wanted was me, and I left her that day, and it was the last time I saw her. I know, babe, Clara said, keeping up her best smile. Just don't keep me waiting. I wanted to reach out and grab myself to keep me from walking away. Watching him kiss her goodbye, I cursed him for not knowing. Even if I was to die with her, 
it would have been fine with me. It was then that I understood why I was unable to stay with Clara. I did not believe I deserved to be with her. While all I wanted was to see her again, a part of me felt I deserved to never see her again because I had failed her. Everything around me faded back into darkness. I could feel my body again. It was cold. A heavy gloom was still around me, but it was slowly fading away. It was not that my feelings had changed. It was more like someone was draining it away. As much as I did not want to admit it, I was deeply damaged by the loss of Clara. What I was experiencing was the process of healing that damage. David, can you hear me? It was Clara's voice calling out to me. Open your eyes, come back to me. Again, I had not realized I had closed my eyes. As I slowly opened them, the light burned my eyes. It was not like before, something was different. Clara was kneeling next to me. I was in the same place as before, but the air was humid and thick. The clouds in the sky were scattered and some with a dark gray. I could smell the rain mixed with the dirt and the grass. Clara was clearly concerned as she stared at me. I was relieved to see her and yet puzzled by what had happened. What, what happened to me? I asked her. You changed it. Clara answered as she looked up towards the sky. You've changed our afterlife. Next week on The Awakened Project, Chapter 4.